Welcome on in. Enswell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at protonmail.com. You're welcome indeed to this Christmas Eve episode in a week where Canelo did what uh, Canelo tends to do, quite simply, what he likes with who he likes. And when three Irish fighters, Tiernan Bradley, Brett McGinty and Stevie McDonnell, all notch up wins to round out 2020 with a perfect finish. We look a bit closer at those stories, we look a little bit at the Canelo story, but it's Christmas. It's time to start enjoying ourselves, putting the feet up, open a bottle or two and relax. Because the weather outside is kind of frightful, if I'm being honest. And uh, the news and the narrative on the TV is even more frightful. So there's only one place I'd rather be. That's here, talking to you. The privilege and the pleasure and the honour is always to be uh, bringing you an episode. And you're going to hear in a few minutes from a dude who absolutely lit the screens up and lit the boxing scene up in a fight last August against an opponent seen as a genuine 50-50 fight. Who am I talking about? Here, have a listen. I heard like the commentator watching it back and were saying, you know, a lot's hitting him in the gloves. But mate, there are eight ounce gloves. There's nothing, there's nothing in them. Like, trust me, like when I'm hitting him to the gloves and he's hitting me to the gloves, we're feeling that. If I want to box and say it, I'll box and say it. If, if I want to box, or box in the back foot, I'll do that. If I want to stay in the pocket, mix it up, I'm going to do it. Well, if what they say is true and what's rare is really wonderful, you're in for a wonderful treat because the Belfast man chatted to me openly for about maybe half an hour, 40 minutes, about three weeks ago about all of that, about his amateur career, about everything that went on. And uh, it was a real, real lie opener. It was, an, it was an interesting and insightful look behind the curtain of a fighter who has a colossal future ahead of him. As well as that, as well as that, you're going to hear from the man behind the brand, Violent Gentleman. Many, if not all, will have seen the t-shirts going around Belfast Boxing. You will have seen the a brand, you will have seen the videos, you will have seen it all. And if you haven't, you'll check the links for today's notes, you're going to see them again. Ross Brown had a dream, he had a a, a wish and a hope this time last year and he still had them all in the summer and now he has a burgeoning new company and he joins us to tell us all about that where the ideas came from the inception the inspiration and the, the heartache and the blood sweat and tears that have gone into it over the last couple of weeks the, the wee logo came first with the wee uh, old school guy you know moustache top hat and then the wee boxing ring uh, but I haven't got a name yet and then all of a sudden... So, whether you've been dragged around the shops for the last few bits and pieces, whether you're trying to find that last stock and filler, presence, I mean, uh, whether you're trying to... Who knows what you're trying to do, whether you're getting the food in, whether it's what you're doing, whether you're sat in front of the telly with the feet up, as I will be, pop in an earphone and just think for a minute. With the year it's been, everything that's gone on, it's been chaos. At times it's been... You wonder how am I going to get through the next one or what's coming next or what's around the corner. But look, you've done it. I said it to you here a few weeks ago. We were going to do this together. We were going to get through what was left all the way through Christmas up to New Year's Eve and then bring on 21 because we will have survived 12 months that a lot of people didn't. And I understand there's a lot of people whose family may not be able to travel to them for for this holiday season. 
I understand that there's a lot of people who were caught at the last minute, whether you're driving lorries or whether you're commuting from airports. It's, it's, it is, it's heartbreaking, but we've done it. And wherever you are, if you're one of those people listening to this, or if you're one of those people who are affected by it and who are have an empty seat at your table this year, or worse again, if you have an empty seat at your table for someone who won't just be delayed, well, you're in my thoughts and you're in my heart. You're in my, um, yeah, a lot over the last few days. An awful lot. You're in my heart and my thoughts and, and it's um, it's not lost on me. So I'm not going to let it get too sad or melancholy. We're going to paint on a smile and we're going to look over the box over the last few days. And there's a Christmas treat episode coming up for you not too long as well. So I'll tell you all about that in a little bit. I've never been a big planner for Christmas. I've always, I've always just sort of, if I'm being honest, the last week, 10 days, maybe two weeks, I go get what I have to get, do what I have to do. Uh, the socialising side of it, less so as I get older. I, I'm, I'm happy to socialise in my own circles, in my own time, in my own places. So the pubs and everywhere else being closed, it doesn't bother me. It's not, it's lost on me. I, I've no, it's not going to affect me either way. Um, friends being around, yeah, the ones that are around will be around and the ones that haven't won't and I'm sure everybody's the same. So family Christmas and Christmas for everybody is different. So whatever it is, make it yours. Make it, make it, make it a good one. Pour yourself an extra one. And before I suppose it's kind of fitting, I'm going to start talking about Canelo and Callum Smith here now as a, and as I do, an ex, one of the experts in the country, if not the expert in the country, uh, in journalism and point media point of view, is Kev Bourne. He was replied to a message I sent earlier on because the last few days, uh, shout out to you, Kev, by the way. Uh, Big up to you, my man. There's some quality stuff over the last few weeks. And uh, you, most people might still remember or might be familiar. Or if you're not, I don't, I try not to listen too much when I'm writing and recording. From this simple reason, I don't want to be using other people's content. I don't want to be subconsciously or consciously copying or using stuff that you uh, may be listening to on other podcasts. Because it's just not, it's just... It, it gets boring, doesn't it? It gets a little bit repetitive when you're hearing the same thing from every episode. So I try to not listen too much. But I've I've spent the last few days uh, listening to Kev and uh, some superb stuff there. Some really great stuff with Eric and, of course, with um, he had uh, Deirdre Nelson on. Also got to listen to Kieran and Boxing Bants and his interview with our man, Chris Blaney. Again, two great fellas, two top fellas, two uh, telling their story, telling Kira, telling Chris's story. And I can't help but feel and think that it still probably hasn't hit home and been sunk in that he's retired, but I'm sure it will over the Christmas when, Chris, he can tuck into another plate of our, an extra few spuds or whatever else, but enjoy them, mate. You've, you've earned them, as I said to you in the message. You have earned it. It's uh, It's been a while, I'd say, since you've been able to take the handbrake off and freewheel into the Christmas season, so do your damnedest. From here, you're going to hear over the, over the Christmas period you'll hear in episodes that are going to feature Conor Slater whose fighters have been the busiest the busiest certainly from an Irish standpoint 20 fights 20 wins at some going in a year that has been ravaged by COVID-19 you're also going to hear an episode with the newest signing in Mark Dunlop's stable in Belfast Conor Quinn the flyweight home from Australia making huge waves already and he hasn't even set foot in the ring yet was due to fight last weekend instead of fighting he was on the phone to me Brilliant insight, brilliant fella, fits absolutely perfectly into that stable that's there already. So watch out for that one. He'll tell us all about his team, about how he's come to the decision, about everything behind it. 
You're also going to hear from Carly Skelly, who of course boxed Amy Timlin in fight camp for the bantamweight Commonwealth title. Finished in a draw, and Amy spoke with me last weekend also, last Sunday I believe. Busy few days I can tell you. And uh, you're in for a nice treat there. She's a great girl. She's a nurse, of course, in Alder Hay Hospital. So you can see boxing being a, a way of medicinal and uh, certainly for relaxation point of view for training and everything else. So great girl, great story, great uh, episode coming in that as well. And there's a few more little treats that I'm just going to keep to myself. Can't be giving you too much now, can I? Talking about Canelo and Smith last weekend. I've done it again, haven't we? We, have, we boxing fans have a habit. We just have that habit of, I don't want to say drinking the Kool-Aid, I'll say of building things up, expecting too much. When something looks good, we, we tend to make it a little bit extra, put a little bit extra sauce on. And the fact that Christmas is coming, stick an extra bit on top of that too. It's like an extra spud. You're nearly finished to dinner. I'm going to have another roasty. Then you have another one. And then you have another one. And then before you know what happens... You're lapsed into a coma on the sofa. You're rarely able to move. You're hardly able to speak, think, anything else. It's uh, it's that's the way it goes, and that's what it's all about. But yeah, from a, from that point of view. But when I look at it now, when I think about it, there was a lot of it. I suppose as Buncey would say, half the timers and half the timing. We're wondering, what, did we overhype Callum Smith? Did we play it up? And I, I, yeah, of course we did a little bit, and of course, the the nature of the beast is when Canelo or somebody is so good and so far ahead we we look to see where and who is going to be the one to dethrone him and that becomes the new story rather than the magnificence of the athlete in front of us I don't like Canelo and I've said that many times I don't like I don't like how the boxing world panders to him and and falls over themselves for him and and it just sickens me and and I would long to see the day where he's put firmly in his place but it's not going to happen anytime soon certainly in the ring because his display last week was without doubt the best I've seen from him yet without a doubt against the most credible threat outside of Gennady Golovkin and I still think yeah we did expect a lot more from Callum Smith we did but I think the measure of Canelo's preparation, the measure of how long he, how serious he took Callum, everything was disp- was borne out in when you see this fine details he went into, like targeting that arm so that he can't get off the, the hooks. So targeting, breaking him down, systematically breaking him down to the body, to the head, to the arms, doing what he had to do to get his candidate, to get his opponent out, nullified broken down and beaten and there were times near the end where it looked like he was going to be pulled but I've seen a lot of people talk I've seen a lot of listen I'm seeing a lot of talk lately I'm seeing a lot of talk from a lot of areas that have no no background that have no experience no knowledge really and they're just repeating other people's stuff and some of them were on here with me I've had the mistake I've made the mistake of, of having one or two on this year no names mentioned no credence given no no real no real impact, to be honest with you. Just an episode that you could write off as not one of the better ones. But I guess what happens is a little bit like Man United a few years ago when Kenyon left and went to Chelsea and took, uh, after after lying in close for, for a while, took some of the ideas and some of the transfer ideas and some of the, the game plan took them with him. And, and I've seen that borne out over the last few days, but not in the slightest bit worried. Two years hard work, grinding, grafting, preparing, putting things in place. Still in between studios, still just about. I'm out of the room where I was recording. The desks are gone and everything else. Now on to another little desk, on the corner of a little desk that I'm sharing here with a 10-year-old. 
But it's okay. It's not too bad. Bad workman will always blame his tools, won't he? I've got what I need. And I don't need any more. I was going to panic and push myself into sort of chaos. And just in just into panic over, over a holiday period. To try and get into something that... Studio that really and truly... It gives me something to look forward to in the new year. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to record the episodes from the corner of the desk here on a high stool that I've commandeered from somewhere over the last few months. So, yeah, Canelo fight, we did probably expect a little bit more. But what we what we didn't get from Callum Smith, we got from Canelo. He upped the ante. He showed that the Golden Boy dispute and everything else hasn't affected him. It hasn't affected him. And if it has, he's been able to, I suppose, put it away and, and deal with what needs to be dealt with. What's next for him? Again, I've seen a lot of speculation about English fight. Why Why would Canelo want to fight another English fighter? Because none of them have shown him any resistance. None of them have given him... They've not given him too much to think about. I know you're going to hear Billy Joe. I know you're going to hear Cliff Eubank Jr. And you're going to hear a lot of that. But really? Um, I, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think now you might see he's decided he wants to stay at Super Middle. He might stay there. He might go looking for Kayla Planter. Who knows? But it's his choice to make now. And if he stays at 168 and tries to unify and, and tie that whole division up, well, at least then at least then you've got something concrete that you can hold on to. Because when you're bouncing around, picking targets left, right and centre, makes it a little bit harder to, to, I suppose, develop a likeness for him and then to, I suppose reconcile the whole lot figure out where but you those of you who are into the pound for pound uh, conversation will enjoy that one too it's not for me as the great Tyson Fury once said that puppy over there would make a great great shark if it was a shark but it's a puppy so that's the way it stays for me speaking of the great man himself what an achievement what an achievement ring magazine fighter of the year for the second time again incredible incredible shout out to the man as well what, what an achievement what is there what else is there to say about him look at how he look this is how the year was kicked off for us Tyson Fury battering beating smashing the myth around Deontay Wilder and now left him in such a state does anyone even know what's wrong with him does anybody even know that's the question but the, what is beyond question is Tyson Fury is the greatest heavyweight around right now he is the one that everybody's talking about and he is the one now who AJ is looking to fight. Nice of you to come back, son. Nice of you to come back. Look forward to it when it happens. But as I said in the last episode, don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think we'll see AJ continue his quote-unquote growth and quote-unquote learning on the job over the next few months. Take a fight or two and then see what happens. Nothing is for sure for him. But what is for sure is the Gypsy King is top of the pile on Christmas 2020, unrivaled. When it comes to unrivaled and all the talk, it's uh, where we all long to be, I guess. Whether you're a boxer, whether you're in the podcast business, or whether whatever it is you're doing, I guess if you're if you've got some inspiration, you've got some motivation, and you've got some ambition and goals, you want to get to the get to the, the peak area, the top the top echelons of what you're doing, and that is absolutely absolutely what I want to do and what I will do. And my next guest, Ross Brown, is just as driven, just as ambitious, and just as focused. His brand is Violent Gentleman, and it's the, I believe, newest 
boxing apparel brand on the scene and it's certainly the newest in Belfast and it's 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 opening eyes and it's catching my attention and it's catching the imagination the some of the t-shirt brands are like sailor gym tattoos as they say, as they call them they're 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 simple but they're they're effective and they stand out so you're going to see Belfast boxing is what you see jumping off the t-shirt or violent gentlemen now they're simple in their existence but at the same time they're they're, they're, they give you a little bit of thought when you when you think violent gentleman. You think about it for a second, and then you see the the way he's packaged it, and it's 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 very well done. It is very well done, as I said in the in the intro. The videos with the likes of James Tennyson, Tommy McCarthy, uh, Paddy McCrory, Lewis, all all the other fighters that he's worked with over the last few weeks and months, are are very very happy and very impressed. And there's more to come. There's more to come. Let me tell. As they said themselves, there's more. But I shall let Ross tell you what the more is what I can tell you now is when I reached out to him it took me a little while I suppose to think about it and see if I wasn't in but I said look I'd like to do a little bit of a collab would you be interested just just certainly from an uh, wasn't no nothing really in my mind other than just reaching out and what I did and we did and we have since and it's been a it's been it's been one of the highlights of the podcast year for me from the standpoint that we're able to work together bounce off stuff off each other it's just been really good it's been really productive and it, we're like-minded he is driven seriously well driven some of the conversations text and telephone go on and on and on and that that's that's a, that's always a healthy sign so so before i digress any longer i'm going to let ross tell you what his plan is i'm going to let him tell you where it all came from and i'm most certainly going to let him tell you where it's going there's so many things that could just bring you down uh, in a bad way, negative way, things that were beyond your control. But me with this brand's been a blessing because it sort of kept me focused and, you know, gave me something to concentrate on when everything seems to be a wee bit crazy around us. So, yeah, it's given me a purpose, uh, other than looking after my kids, to sort of drive on and do something that, as I said, is a... A positive thing. One of the many things that people are going to hear as, as we chat over the next couple of minutes is that myself and yourself are very similar in many ways. Like we have a drive. When we're on, we're on. But uh, likewise, it's a learning process to, to, to learn to switch off as well. It's not something I'm brilliant at and I'm, I'm, I'm having to work at it. How about yourself? Do you get to switch off much? I don't want to switch off. The only time I want to switch off is uh, when I'm trying to be a husband, which is difficult because my, my lovely wife's working a night shift job at the minute, um, a manager's job. And then I'm obviously a father and that's number one. But any other time other than that, I'm I'm always switched on with this. I'm, there's a couple of other brands that are already kind of established over in Northern Ireland. So I'm playing a wee bit of catch up, if anything. But um, yeah, I'm just focused. I just, I just want to succeed. It's not all, it's not about, I want to make a living from this, but money isn't everything at the end of the day as well. Uh, I'm not many, money driven. Um, more success and just uh, been able to provide you know the brand of course as I mentioned a few minutes ago is Violent Gentleman it's a box it's 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 the newest boxing apparel brand it's the one it's it's got it's moving the needle and uh, I know you're impatient that you're I'm impatient we all want stuff to happen a bit quicker than they are but I guess Ross when we look at put it in terms of context and we look at where you were this time last year we will look at where you were in terms of maybe 
in the summer. You've moved it on an awful lot. You've, you've got this thing up and running. But what I want to try to take it back to is the idea and the concept, not just for the name, but for the company itself and, and where it came from and, and how you got it came out about. It came from uh, me managing a fighter, promoting him as well and stuff. A good friend of mine from Thai Boxing together and he's actually a burn knuckle fighter, uh, Johnny Lawson. I ended up doing things to try and promote him because he's a bit of a quiet fella as well. He does his talking in the ring and yeah, he would fight in the O2 in London and I sort of decided it wasn't getting paid or anything, but I was I was more than happy to try and promote him all over social media or any other. And then it's just something clicked where, you know, I always like wearing my own clothes, you know, as in the, the big expensive brands. But when you've got a family, you know, that always changes. And uh, I just, I think I just got fed up looking at the same brands in the shops. And I thought to myself, maybe there's... I don't know if there's any necessarily in Northern Ireland that's sticking out as a, a boxing brand or MMA or anything that's from here. And I just thought, well, you know what, I'll just, even for myself, I'll just design my own stuff for me. And then people were starting to say to me, you know, oh, what's that? And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. Yeah, the name is extremely striking and particularly as well then the fellas that you've, that you've managed to link up to the brand, which are, they're no, they're no ordinary Joes. So do you want to take me, so where, the name itself, was it something that you worked on for a while or did it, was it a, an epiphany or, or where did it come from? The epiphany came from, I want to start my own brand. So I started thinking about the, the wee logo came first with the wee uh, old school guy, you know, moustache, top hat and then the wee boxing ring. Uh, but I haven't got a name yet. And then all of a sudden, I know it sounds bad as if I'm insane, but the word violent just kept popping up uh, in interviews and stuff. And then even Jorge Masvidal, like a couple of months ago, he was really on the up. You know, he was fighting in Diaz and what he had done to uh, Ben Askren. And he just kept saying violence, violence. And I was sort of thinking like boxing gentleman or something. I thought gentleman maybe for, uh, as part of it because of the the top hat and that, that sort of thing. And then I just, I just, uh, it just came to me and then I was hearing interviews and it just, kept popping up uh, people saying oh violent or whatever as uh, strange as that sounds so I just thought find a gentleman I can say it here from, from my experience of speaking to countless numbers of fighters over the, over the couple of years it's a, it does fit the, it fits the sport because there are a lot of these guys are gentlemen absolute gentlemen outside the ring of course there's an exception to every rule but uh, when they get in the oh. ring and the bell goes as you've seen from your time at ringside and in corners and everything else it's 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 hard to describe the transformation that comes over these fellas I believe it's it's one of the most not just from the name from the brand but from your ideas behind it now I'm pretty a little bit more than most to the uh to, to the plans and the workings of the mind of Ross. It's a it's a busy place, that mind and that head of yours. My poor wife, I mean, I, <laughs> that specifically said to me, you know, this is it, Ross, you know, like, you know, will your ideas make, you know, up, up, this one needs to work, basically, let's just say. I don't think she can take many more, many more of my crazy ideas, to be honest. I don't I, blame I think, her. Do you, do you know something that is some of the biggest and best things and inventions and creations on this planet have come from crazy ideas that that, that mutate and morph and, and get just the knock corners knocked off them and eventually they, they, they form into their, their, um, their final state. So, I mean, I think what you're doing is you've got a creative mind uh, as far as as far as clothes and design and everything else goes, it really is a blank canvas. And the most striking part of it is the brand. It's when when you, when you see Boxing Belfast and when you see it, it just jumps off the screen. Now we know, and I spoke to many, many, many of these fighters. I spoke to one last night. They're the most incredibly proud bunch of fellas and girls you're ever going to meet. So you 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 have a, an audience there already. Talk to me a little bit about where you want you're thinking of taking it. And I suppose firstly, you grew up in Belfast. Your background. A little bit about that as well and, and, and how, how special it all is and how it's all going to work together. 
Well, I I basically it was more my father. I I grew up in Bangor. I've been in Bangor. Um, my father was uh, from Belfast. He was uh, he was actually working in the Belfast Telegraph uh, for forty plus years. So it's my dad more. Um, and obviously, as you've seen in the wee video, I got done there um, with the boys. The Telegraph's involved in it. I wanted to do that sort of for him. I seen a wee clip with the Randy Monham bit where there's a someone scribbling on a Belfast Telegraph newspaper, and that's and again light bulb moment and then as you remember the video uh, it sort of goes into present day of the telegraph and that's how i started the video so yeah it was my dad more but um yeah i've, I've always for for a long long time i've been into all different types of martial arts thai boxing mma boxing itself and i just think i sort of went off boxing for a while years ago i think a lot of people did and but it, it's hard to avoid uh, particularly Belfast, the, the boxers that are coming through now, you know, um, for a wee while there, maybe thought people thought, well, you know, what Kerry Ryan and what happened to him, and you know he's doing really well now with his gym, but what Carl Frampton, who's next? And to be honest, now I think there might have been a wee bit of all who is going to be next, you know, but the 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 crop of fighters coming through now, there could be more than one Carl Frampton, there could be quite a few, I think, and I think boxing is especially at the minute with no crowds and everything else. I, I think especially Belfast boxing is probably as good as it's ever been. I really do feel it's on the up. I really do. You're, really, you're right. You're 100% right there. I think uh, being a massive fan of Carl, being at his shows and everything else, he was he was the he was the leading light for so long. And, and, and one of the frustrating points uh, from Matchroom, I suppose, withdrawal from Belfast is that he really was the only one at the time, bar maybe one or two others, that, that, that could sell tickets. Now it's like a it's like a race for the next. It's like a race to see who's going to take up the mantle. Not that there'll be, not that anyone can replace the, smut, the wee man in any way, shape, or form. He, you know my thoughts on him. And Matchroom now ready to come back because you've got a list of fellas as long as your arm and a list of amateurs coming under them again. So it's alive. It's well. It's it's a it's a vibrant new Belfast, and it's an exciting time for you to be growing a brand, isn't it? Ultimately, yes. I feel I feel of. Uh the time of the way the boxers are coming through now. I mean, there is a list as long as your arm that really, as you say, a race of there could be three or four top ones now and we know who they are and it's just it's just great. It's great for this country. I just but Belfast now has a steady, steady growth of fighters. It has um it has coaches, it has unbelievable gyms. It has a manager that I believe is already is already the standout manager around. He's gonna be the top manager in the world stables everything it's, it's and this brand now adds to the adds to just to to make it a, a complete package so yeah your thoughts i suppose just on where you're planning on taking it and what people can expect to see over the next few weeks and months without giving away too many secrets i've been doing this since july started even thinking about it in july started doing it in august um properly setting up a facebook instagram things like that but at the minute you can click on the the shop now button on the facebook page and that's where you see the stuff but since then I mean, I'm nowhere near. I haven't even scratched the surface about where I'm going to be. But I think so far, under the circumstances with COVID, to get my brand out there and the sales I've had in the last four and a half weeks since I went live officially, the support's been fantastic. I do feel there's a definite interest moving forward. I've, I've, I've so many ideas, but, you know, I'm only one man. <laughs> I'm only do one thing at a time, especially when there's two girls running about me, uh, my, my twins. So... Basically, what I've got going on coming into the future, I have signed a contract with Liz Crocker. I'll be doing a signature range for him exclusively. Owen O'Neill, Cliftonville, Canelo. Huge, <laughs> fan, uh, huge, huge fan base as well. Oz, he got Oz, and uh, just by circumstance, he was up there when I was doing stuff with Lewis and Potty, and 
you know, uh, I'm doing a range for him. I'm doing a Randy Monaghan range. Uh, I spoke to him on McCauley just to try and be polite and get ble- uh, his blessing, which he's gave me. Um, you know, like uh, an old school type of T-shirt as well. I've got my Behave Accordingly range coming out. I've got a casual range, which is more like the old school Sailor Jerry tattoos type thing. Uh, so it's going to be a training range. It's going to be a casual range, but it's always going to be boxing based. I'm even doing a mental health T-shirt. I'm, I'm teaming up here in January with Belfast Boxers to do like a collaboration T-shirt. Um, I'm speaking to Mark Dunlop, the the main man. He's been great, by the way, and helped me uh, along the way. He's he's going to be sitting down with me, hopefully to get a few other fighters signed up. Just want to let you know quickly, I'll uh, a wee competition for yourself. You can set it up, or I'll set it up for January or whatever. A collaboration hoodie. I want to give you a hoodie with obviously Fight and Gentleman ends well podcast on it. I also want to give you a beanie hat and you can give that away as a competition. Uh, you're a great, you're a top man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what better way to start off the new year than with a with a little giveaway to the listeners out there? And no, really, really appreciate that. And I, and I just want to add my bit here. To, I don't want to keep Ross too long because I know he's, he's a busy man. But I want to. Add, I suppose what jumped out for me innately initially was the brand, was the name, and I looked at it and I thought like. A big part of what I want to do and where I want to drive this, as you know, is long term it needs to stand on its own, it needs to be self-sufficient, but it can only stand on its own when it's on a sound, solid base. That's where I believe I'm. I'm I've spent two years literally from a stop start, pretty much like yourself. So I've watched other people maybe at times take a little bit of a lead ahead on left or right or whatever else, but I've just had to keep my head down, keep the blinkers on and keep driving forward, which you were doing as well. So I think when I managed to reach out, get in touch with you, we managed to speak and speak and speak and speak. And, and and just it clicked to be honest with you and I'm all about our relationships and all about building them and I'm really looking forward to the, to 2021 whatever it brings for you to reach out and say that was an absolute blessing I can't thank you enough I mean been a great guy great help to me as well I would like to do a few shout outs if you don't mind just Absolutely. to help all Bangor Colour Copy Shop Crawford's Embroidery Kaelin and Hewitt Belfast Boxers Stephen at Boxing Tickets NI Liam Core for the support our club at Leon Cubs been letting me use the club quite a lot for photo shoots and things like that. Uh, great man. Mark Dunlop, thank you again for everything you've sort of given me the opportunity to be doing with you. I have to shout out the Rory Maguire visuals and Stuart McCrory for that video I've done, the, the Belfast Boxing uh, video. The absolute genius, the both of them. And I can't thank him enough for what they put up with, as well as those four fighters on the day. Uh, Eamon McCauley, and basically, other than the fighters as well, who said, yeah, I'll wear your brand, which means a lot. I'd like to thank the customers as well. And from a family perspective, thank you again to my wife for putting up with me. Um, I really do appreciate it. And my granny and my father here for you. And just finally, my beautiful daughters who mean absolutely everything to me. Can't thank you enough for even giving me this platform. I don't know if this is going to be before Christmas or after, but happy Christmas to everybody. Of course, of course, we'll have information and details on the competition. Of course, we'll tell you how you can win a beanie. All coming in the next few episodes. Thanks, Ross, for that. He, he did tell me the night before the interview. He said, mate, I have a little surprise, but I'm going to uh, just announce it on the podcast. I, I hope you don't mind. And I was like, and anyone that remembers, I don't like surprises. I don't do well with them. But, mate, you didn't have to do it. And I really appreciate it and look forward to it. So we can drum up a little bit of good feeling, a little bit of a little bit of um, excitement, just a bit, as we head into 2021. I spoke with... The Hurricane Dennis Hogan during the week. Spoke with him a few times. He's in, he's in no man's land. He has, of course, tra- travelled back from Las Vegas to, to his homeland, to his beautiful wife, Bredine, and his, his girls. 
and he's in quarantine. I think it's a 14-day or 13-day quarantine period. So he's had plenty of time for reflection. He's had plenty of time for thought, plenty of time to plan and plot and look over what's going to come. Now, I can't go into too much. I can't go into much at all, to be honest with you, because it's still in between the stools. But what I can tell you is there's a lot of excitement in Australia and his name has been used for currency a lot down there right now by a certain young man by the name of Tim Zhu, who has beaten an old Jeff Horn. He's beaten a sparring partner. And they seem reluctant to make that step up to world level for some reason. I'm not so sure why, because the casuals would lead you to believe that Tim Zhu is the second coming of Costa. He's not. He's not. And I would ask the same question that I that was asked of Costa on a couple of nights. What happens when you take the jab off him? What happens when the opponent is not there when he looks for him? What happens when he can't find his opponent? What are you going to do then? Remains to be seen. What what there's no doubt is this young man carries power. He carries precision. He carries finesse. And he carries a name, which is everything in boxing. We've seen it with Conor Ben. We've seen it with Chris Eubank. We're seeing it now with Campbell Hatton. It remains to be seen what his talent is like. I happen to believe Campbell Hatton has the talent to back it up. And so does Tim. But does he have the talent to beat our man should they fight? Spoke about it with Dennis. Spoke about it a little bit. I can't tell you what we spoke the details of. But just, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going to play out there. I can tell you that it um, they're not they're not averse to it. He's not one bit worried about it. He's not one bit afraid. He's very complimentary, as you saw in his, his statement. He's very complimentary of Tim and what his team has done and what he's managed to do. But he's under no illusions. He's under no fear. He's under no threat whatsoever. And should the right deal come along at the right time, I don't think there'll be one second's hesitation in signing that contract and getting that fight on. Is it going to happen? You're going to have to stay tuned and listen to me over the next couple of days and weeks because I promise as soon as I hear it, I can't say, I wouldn't be arrogant enough to say we'll be the first, but we certainly will be amongst them. So while we're talking about being amongst them, I'm going to chat with a fella here in a couple of minutes who has absolutely, firmly put himself amongst the chasing pack, shall we say, in the division. With a knockout win a stoppage win in August in the MTK studios in Wakefield over Lewis Green it is of course Lewis Crocker the Belfast man who was in that build up to that fight was absolutely unequivocally billed as a 50-50 fight and rightly so because Lewis Green to his credit was a live opponent a dangerous opponent and he carried as much threat to Lewis as, as the other way around his preparation, we heard from D how he prepared to fight camp. And if you haven't remember that episode, I'll put the links for it in the notes today as well. Have a listen to D. He'll tell tells us how he built the game plan around that. But Lewis went into the game and, and I suppose from a fan's point of view, it's the best, most complete performance we've seen from Lewis Crocker. And I put that to him in the episode. And just let me underline this little bit, this little intro by saying as well that I was a little bit, a little bit... I suppose, not nervous, but not sure how to take or what to expect. I never, I try not to ever build up any expectations or any ideas in my head because every fighter is different on every day. And Lewis is a fellow who, it's no secret, he doesn't, he doesn't speak much. He doesn't, you don't see or hear much of him on social media. 
uh, he prefers to do his fighting in the ring <laughs> when you see the way he fights and you see how he does it it's not that's not a problem for me but boxing being boxing it's about I suppose keeping yourself out there and my hope is over this few few days and weeks when people are on their holidays they've got their feet up and they're listening you're going to see a side of this man that you don't often see he's a special fella he's far far deeper there's far more to him than anybody would realise if, you, if you're not in that inner circle and he's my guest on this episode here's the new European WBO champion Belfast finest Lewis Crocker Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's definitely it's in year all in, but um, it's two good fights, two good wins this year. So um, I can't complain in the side of things. Yeah, generally I start at the beginning, Lewis, and I go out to look at the amateur, but I can't. I can't. I just I was looking back over the the highlight reel there, just of the of the. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it was a sensational fight. I mean, when you think about the, re- the risk and you think of what was on the line and you think of the step, because it was a significant step up, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, especially being for a title and being a, a main event, you know, there was a, there was a lot of pressure. And like he's fought at high level for a lot of fights and has has wins over over higher level than than what I ever competed at um, professionally. So um, it was a, it was a great fight, and me and me and D had the game plan down to the tee and um, it worked out well. He's some man, some man. I in- I interviewed, I had two pages of questions for him the day I spoke to him and I ended up coming away but while he was t- answering those questions I wrote three pages of notes. <laughs> he's just an encyclopedia. <laughs> incredible, isn't it? He is. He's an incredible coach, incredible human being all together. You know, these helped me massively in my boxing career and outside so I have so much respect for Dee and, you know, hopefully next year it even even bit bigger and better things from this year so really look forward to the thing yeah I have a feeling and I, and I can't say it to it well it's just a personal feeling but I just have a feeling and I said it to him at the time what it's doing now is it's proven that lads don't have to go to America the UK or anywhere else it's proven now that there's there's more than enough and more than good enough good coaches at home that you guys can do your camps and deliver performances like that so I won't be surprised if I see another name or two dropping in there to become part of the stable let's just say that yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. You know, you never know what's around the corner for, for people, and especially there's uh, people turning over for now, um, just coming out of like 18 and stuff. So Belfast is a big city for boxing. So, you know, our stable could, could build and build. Yeah, and, and I, I have a feeling too, if, if this thing doesn't lift, who knows where it's going to go or what's going to go. Um, but if, if we don't have some word on Olympics and everything else, you may just see one or two starting to, who, 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 with the uncertainty and everything else, they might not just be willing to hang around too much longer, you know, so who knows what's going to happen. But, Lewis, Definitely. I've been a lot of your fights, Lewis, um, earlier in the career. I've seen them in the Odyssey, on the Frampton cards. I've seen you at Windsor. Um, I've always come away from the fight saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's levels there's there's even more. It's like a car going along, tipping along in second or third. <laughs> I think that yeah. last performance, mate, and it's not blowing bubbles. I think it's just looking at it and taking it for what it is. That that was probably the most complete, the most complete you've shown, isn't it? For sure, mate. I always say is the better opponent, the better you can. I'm going to perform. You know, like after the first my first six fights, it was six uh, TKOs or knockouts, and and then people were just there to survive. In a way, do you know what I mean? It's it's not let me show my full ability, and and I knew with with Louis Green that he was going to bring it all, and especially because the stakes were so high. So I knew I knew I could show what I'm really about. You know, people just thought when I turned over the scene that I'm just a big puncher, and you know I'm just hey, reckless almost. But 
I, I showed my last fight that I can box and I'm smart and I've good boxing IQ and I'm just development as a boxer as uh, each fight goes on. Well, I think that probably goes somewhere to answer my next one. I was going to say, what would you attribute that to? Would it be the improved performance? Would it be the step up, the risk? Or I would say as well, a level of maturity that you're coming, you're starting to absorb some of that, of, of everything that's going and, and, and being conscious of what's going on around. Definitely, um, I agree. Because like, people don't forget or forget that I, I didn't box senior. I had no senior fights at all, amateur. Um, so I'm only getting my, my really senior experience now and I'm just getting, I'm getting better. Like, I, I feel it. I'm, like, I'm feeling smarter. I'm seeing things. I know, I know, especially with Dave, like, game plan and stuff. You know, it, it's never, I didn't really have a game plan going, going into some of my fights where my last two I did and, and they worked as, as if we drilled them. So, do you know what I'm saying? I'm just really looking forward to, to seeing what happens, um, next year and hopefully be out early next year. Yeah. And, and, with the year that's in it, I suppose we just, yeah, you touch on it there that we are used and we're accustomed and we've been treated to those, uh, seek and destroy sort of performances where you're looking. But, and, and just to give credit as well to Louis Green and, and, and be, be respectful. He came to fight and he had a record as good. If I would say definitely more experience at that level than yourself. And he came across that ring in the first shot. <laughs> he was coming to make a statement, but he got a quick reminder. And from there on, it was, as I said to the, People now will look at Lewis Crocker and they'll say, which, which Lewis Crocker are we going to get? And I would say again, there's another one again to come maybe, or maybe another one and a half that we can see of styles and a mix and match of them all. Is that fair to say? I agree, mate, 100%. You know, like, I can, I can, if I want to box and say it, I'll box and say it. If, if I want to box or box in the back foot, I'll do that. If I want to stay in the pocket, mix it up, I'm going to do it. Um, it, it. It's a testament, um, sort of adopting um, per each fight um, as I go on and you know I'm just really enjoying like the pro career now you know because the, the longer rounds as well and, and the better opponents and, and Louis Graydon was was no joke like you know when I was in there I hit him with some big shots and he kept coming forward and forward and they got up from that body shot like I don't think people understand yeah. like a, a body shot's sickening and I called Louis Green flush and he got up do you know what I mean like there's others I've, I've dropped a lot of guys spawn and in fights with a left of the body, and Louis Green got up. Um, so, and that's, you could see it at, at the end of the fight. I was I was so happy because because I knew how tough he was. You know, some people are <laughs> so tough for their own good as well. And I knew that he would, if you know, he was ready to go on as well. Um, I think the referee made the right call, but like he he was still game to to come and, and take more like so you know fair play to Louis Green and I wish him all the best in the future yeah I I 100% I when I'm looking back at a fight afterwards and, and just to look at and you want to get the closest and, and just I suppose if you're going to analyse it properly if you really I'd slow it down a little bit I'll watch it or I'll put the headphones on mate the sound of those shots unbelievable it was like it was like I don't know. It was like years ago, you know, when you get, I don't know if you get anyone that might be familiar when you get in trouble as a kid and you might get a crack or a slap of a belt or a slap of something. That <laughs> it's more sound than actual pain. But you you think yeah. then when you hear it, but it was they were huge shots and and to get up from them again, I'd say it was a culmination. You must be conscious of that, even when you're not looking for the big headshot. You know in your heart and soul that no matter those those shots are going to um, they're going to wear them down eventually. Definitely and. I heard like the commentator watching it back and were saying, you know, a lot's hitting them in the gloves. But mate, they're eight ounce gloves. There's nothing, there's nothing in them. Like, trust me, like when I'm hitting him to the gloves and he's hitting me to the gloves, we're feeling that. Do you know what I mean? That's like, just because they're hitting them the gloves doesn't, doesn't mean that you're safe. Like, um, 
and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I did really hit him some some big shots, and he kept coming forward. So I, I was glad to get the stoppage one as well because I went what four fights uh, on points, and and to get the stoppage win I think was sort of like a statement and to get my name back in there um, in case people were starting to forget or just you know so much like a, a hype job basically so yeah, I'm glad I got the win anyway yeah do you know what it is you're you just touched on something there that I'm going to jump on at first but while you said hype jobs we've seen a lot of profiles we've seen a lot of I'm being brutally honest here now and I, I don't do the whole um criticizing and horrible I tried to be a little bit more yeah. critique I will say we've seen a lot of profiles come through of the last cycle we can look at Josh Kelly we can look at Cheeseman we can look at a few of them it hasn't happened the way they were hyped nothing has worked yeah. for them the way yet we've seen fellas like we're seeing yourself and Potty come through now little or no as you said limited senior experience Potty the same pop box at the intermediates we've seen um in the we've seen the likes of Josh Warrington Josh Josh Taylor them they've all none of them have had those massive profiles when they come through as an now we're starting to see is is this kind of highlighting as well that some fighters develop a little bit later and they need a little bit more encouragement and they need a little bit more work before they hit those heights Definitely. Um, I, I really think there's a big difference between amateur. Like just because you're a good amateur doesn't mean you're going to be a good pro, and and uh, and you can see that as well. I think the program just it's such a different game. I think there's like a, a fight element to it. You know, like I think like amateur boxing's so much skill involved. Where like pro, you need to have a set of balls, heart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when the when it gets tough, you need you need, you need to have that in your locker and. And I believe I have that as well. So I always knew that um, I was going to do better pro than I was amateur. Um, so yeah, as each fight goes on and I'm getting experience. I think Jamie Conlon, Jamie Conlon said to me when I spoke to him there last month before the Golden Contract Finals, he said, um, amateur boxing and pro boxing, he said, it's like pool and snooker. <laughs> That's the way. And it's it was true. a brilliant comparison. A, yeah, It is a good comparison, yeah. But... And there was a lot of that in, that was something I wanted to say. There was a lot of that in the Louis Green fight as well. There was, at times there was arm bars going on. There was, uh, there was a lot of wrestling. It was like he was trying to get mm-hmm. under your skin. Do you think that was a tactic? Were they trying to unsettle you? Definitely, because you could see, like, he was almost like a guillotine, you know, mm. like an MMA. Cause he was like, when I was, he would push my head down and then like sort of lift his, uh, forearm to my throat. And I think I was just there unsettling me, but I kept my, compo- my composure and tried to complain months. And you know, and the fight played out the way it did. No, you never, never flinch. And there was times like when you're when you're, when one of our own is fighting, it's hard not to get carried away. I, I actually ninety nine percent of the time, I won't even try and score when one of you lads are fighting because it's just, you just get too wound up and too excited. But yeah. <laughs> um, you look back at it then afterwards. But there's times when you're looking at it is is that another sign of your progression as a pro? that you're able to take yourself in because I know D said that yourself and Potty before fights totally different. He said Potty goes around chatting to everyone. He said you you vanish into yourself. You go into this place where is that is that what you now have to do to keep your to get yourself into that place? Definitely. Um when I'm boxing like I'm a different human being. Like mentally everything. Like I'm so focused. Like I have nothing else in my mind apart from apart from like the job in hand. Like I can see it. See when I'm watching like a fight back, like I can see it in my eye. Like that's I'm so focused and and no matter what's happening like around it doesn't phase me at all. I know what I have to do and and it's it's worked well so far. And do you know what? That's all I have to do is just keep focused and keep determined and keep the dedication there. 
Yeah, I said that to the. I actually said it to him. I asked him, "Are you as scary as you look?" Because you do go into that. You definitely, when you're coming and you're walking to the ring, you have that intensity. And I know it's a cliche, but the eye of the tiger, I, I would say, it goes a little bit deeper again. Can you explain the process? I suppose there's probably it's too it's long, and and, and at this stage you do it unknown to yourself. But those hours before a fight. What is it you do? Do you go into your, you go to a place, do you need to start thinking certain ways or, or is it just a, a cleansing process that you're just clearing everything else out? It starts, see when I'm out running, I'll, I'll go for like long runs and I'll have the, I'll listen to like whatever song I'm coming out to. So just like visualization, you know, visualizing the, the yep. fight. And I can, I can just feel it even when I'm just out jogging, like everything just gets serious, you know, and I know, and as soon as that, my entrance song hits, I know like what I, what I have to do, and I'm, I I don't get nervous or anything like during the day of a fight or anything like that, and I never struggle for sleep or anything, um, and I just know like at the job in hand what I need to do. You know, it's I'm a my job is professional boxer, so my job is to go in there and fight at the, the best of my ability, and th- I need to get in that zone to perform like that. So it's it's just and it's fight or flight as well. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's at the end of the day we're in a fight like. Um, I think all your, your, like your nervous system and like everything is just, oh, even talking about it now, I mean, it's, I, I love it. Just the whole fighting aspect of it. I think it's, you know, it's, there's nothing like fighting. Like, I, I do try and explain it here. I, I don't, not that I even, there's no point in trying to explain it, to be honest with you. But sometimes if someone, like, uh, you'd be asked or people say, oh, it's, the, it's, it's just, they're just, they're just killing each other. They're just thumping. They're just swinging. Uh, what is it you like or what is there to like what, like it's just and I'm saying look I think the only way I can sum it up now is if you don't get it you're probably never going to get it <laughs> you're That's just true, not because yeah. there's in any one fight you could see you could see five six seven different phases of a fight from if a fighter that he goes through and they go through and a fight can go from one side to another and back again it's 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 there's just something special about it you know it's the most honest and, and brutal place in the world isn't it there is I agree mate and like you just have it. Just takes one punch as well. The the ruin a career, you mm-hmm. know, the the ruin your record and stuff. So I think that's why I'm so focused because I never want to make mistakes because I, I know what the outcome can be. Like you've seen some some people, many people have seen get knocked out by a journeyman, you know, on on the way up through the career, like and the the do come back from it. But that's that's nothing that I want to take like early. I, I don't want to take an L early. I don't want to take an L all together, but especially now and when progressing through the stages so just always focused and and yeah yeah no i think that's do you know what it is as well it's a fascinating that that's a that's a total different discussion as well because it's every single fighter i i understand uh the the process the grieving process if because i speak and the worst message in the world that i have to send every time is to a fellow is it because there's nothing anybody outside no one can ever say to a fellow that's after having an l that that's going to make any difference but it's it's still to let them know that they're there and they're in the thoughts and that you're still, but it is a process. And I think if you're mentally equipped and you have the right team around you, I think whatever happens, whether it's the highest high or the lowest low, I think you'll come through it and you'll be better for it, you know. Whereas if you're just kind of sailing through on results all the time, it becomes a little bit more dangerous when it does, if it does ever come, I think. But, um, the la- just before I skip on and a little bit, and a little bit of different, you're talking about commentators there. Are they definitely more conscious now? Are you, they're more audible and they're more aware? To, you're more aware of them now with, with no audience? Um, 
as like when I'm fighting, can I? Yeah, get you was, you said there a few minutes you know? ago that you could hear the commentators. Um, oh, when I was when I was watching the fight, sorry, doing you know, like watching the fight back, and I was listening to the commentators. I couldn't I couldn't hear them in the ring or anything. I couldn't I couldn't hear anything really, mate. You just um, hear D, D obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I do you know what he 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 gave me a few tips, not tips, but just told me a few things that he said when you're watching Lewis go for the finish and when you're watching Potty go for the finish. Like, uh, I think what he said was when Potty hurt his man first, he told him to put it out just to stick it and where he was keeping it. It was a safety because they knew that Potty's opponent as well was a big hitter. Mickey Ellis could yep. could damage, so he was keeping him at that distance. They're fascinating game plans. He's told me about his patterns and he's told me about being able to analyse a fight. That must be some reassurance for a young fighter like yourself going into a fight to know that you have a fighter, like a coach like that in your corner. The, 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 analysis, the analysis and the and the prep he does is it's second to none, isn't it? Big time, mate. Like, it gives me so much confidence. Like, people don't understand. Like, we just drill. They'll look at the opponent and we'll drill what's going to work. And, like, I'll just do it naturally in there. Like, see, just before... Um, when we were warming up, like that first left hook I dropped Luke Green with, like we were just rehearsing that. I would say maybe seven minutes before I got in the ring, just you no know, going over it and over it, and, and we did that the whole throughout camp. And everything, you know, we had they had people coming forward against me because we knew Luke Green was just going to come forward. So they had our sparring partners specifically for me, boxing specific ways, and you know, like it gives me so much confidence knowing that. That's this is twice this year that he's had game plans and and he looks at so much much film and stuff um, going into the fight. So you know having D in my corner is is something else and something that's going to take me to the next level. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And as well as that, Lewis, um, how aware as well. And and I keep talking about I I like to talk about Ireland in general as the Cuba of, of European boxing. I think we're that little outlying island on the edge of everywhere that. It's sensational the amount of fighters that are right now starting to deliver, and then the wave that's coming behind, and the wave behind that again. There's no end to it. But for you, mate, you're in the city, you're in the heart of it, you're in what I mm-hmm. believe is the capital of boxing in Europe. It's it's an incredible city. Even last night, I was watching some some TV about it, and the history of where it's come from, the history of where, it, but the the absolute determination now to say here's where we are forget about all that this is what we are we're showing to the world whether it's the Falls Park whether it's Windsor Park does that mm. bring a pressure to a young fighter coming through or does that just make you all the more det- better determined to represent not, not at all man. Not, well not towards me anyway because regardless can you hear me mate yeah, yeah have you yeah. Um, yeah um, not towards me mate I, I wouldn't feel any pressure toward, towards anything like that like regardless I could have Grew up in Colombia or Cuba or whatever, and I'm still going to go in and do the same job. Do you know what I mean? Um, but there is, I understand that Belfast is the boxing city, and you just have to look at some of the cars that's been here in the last few years, like world title fights in Belfast. It's it's crazy. Like it's it's class to be be a part of. You know, I've fought in some of the undercards, so hopefully Belfast sticks out and and produces more world champions, and which I think it will. I think Tennyson and Conlon, uh, hopefully Frampton gets his three weight division. But um, you have McCarthy or Tom McCarthy mm. as well. So like these are all people knocking on the door for world titles and um, hopefully big shows in, in the next couple of years in Belfast. Without a doubt. And mate, I'm going to, I'm probably going to a little bit of a, as I said it to D and I wasn't sure whether I should or not, but I said, you know what, fuck it, I'll throw it out there. I honestly believe, like we're looking at a stage now where, where, where the 147 division, it's it, just a bit of a passing of the guard, a bit of a change in the guard. We saw Brooke at the weekend. We've seen Khan. Mm-hmm. Khan has been done for a while, I believe. But I think now it's starting to look at, 
it's still a little bit off but in, in terms of Irish fightings and 147 I think when the likes of Frampton and that moves ahead I've said for a while I believe you're the man to step into that void I think it's a it's going to be a huge pair of shoes and in certain ways mm-hmm. community wise and all that so that's what the pressure side of things I believe it's it's um when you don't feel it or, you're, or, or you don't let it hinder you I genuinely think the sky is the limit and I genuinely think that there's a there's a very special future at that division. Is it one that you watch much of up up too far ahead, or do you just kind of keep aware of what's going on around you? Um, I sort of I'm just focused on myself really, but I know what's happening. Um, domestic, um, we're level with the welterweights, um, and welterweights is it's always been apart from like heavyweight. You know, the welterweight crowns it's always about there. You know, it's big big fights, and because there's from light light welter to like super welterweight. There's always people moving up, moving down. So there's always exciting fights, and I, I really do believe that there's some big fights out there next year for me, um, domestic level and European, and maybe touching on on world level in a couple of years. And the route to to route to your ultimate goal, which is I, I'm every fighter's dream, is the world title, of course, and without a doubt, and that's that's on the horizon. But I suppose more immediately, do you have a definite plan? Do you have a definite path without, I'm, I'm assuming you don't, if you don't want to, I suppose, or the traditional route would be Irish, um, British, Commonwealth, European or world. Um, is it just a case of now you've got the first belt under your, I suppose you're kind of gone past the Irish stage now. So you're looking at, say, Chris Jenkins, somewhere like that, or are we looking at Conor Ben, Josh Kelly, those kind of fights? Yeah, maybe either or. Like, you know, I would really like to get that British title. Um, does Jenkins have it still? Um, I. That's a good question, actually. And 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 he's yeah, due. Because... He's due. Uh, he's due. Um, <laughs> he's due to be putting manners on after what he did to my old pal there, Paddy, and your pal, oh, of course, yeah, as well. No. I mean, that was sickening, and and not so much the. F- I suppose everything about it and the way it went on afterwards as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm God of, I'm, yeah that's, that's, I am God of form. Like you know, he, he should have been British champion, Paddy. So like, um, and especially with the good amateur career that he had, when the gold medal Commonwealth, so I think the British title. You know, he, he always wanted the British title, and he, he was good enough. He was, he should have won that fight. Yeah, um, dropping jackets and stuff. So it, it's a, it is a real shame for for him not not to fall through. Like. But look, he still he, he tells me he's too old, but he he doesn't believe that any more than I do. So <laughs> we might we haven't seen the the last of the Patman yet. But from your point of view, they're the type of fights. I mean, if we're looking closer to home, but then looking a few years down the line, and you're looking up at say the likes of I don't know, Thurman could be gone, Garcia, those fellas. How do you see yourself? Like you definitely have the style, you have all those attributes, but. Is it something you think much about? And how how do you see yourself? Would it take you long? Do you think to get to that level? Definitely, like there's there's fighters I watch like now and like three years back, um, I would I would have said you know, other oh, like they would destroy me. But like as I'm getting better, like I know how, I know how, going in like having certain game plans and stuff and and how to like I would give these people tough fights even now. Like I truly believe, um, because I know what way I would go into the, into the fight and it, like I know there's gonna be times where like maybe get like a Mexican American and that's really gonna show me the best, you know, like the best of those Crocker. Um, because I'm going to credit out, like, you know, if, if they want to fight, then, then we'll fight for the, the 10 or 12 rounds, whatever. So I'm looking forward to them fights and, and them big nights. And definitely the, the better opponent, as I say, is always bring out the better, the better performance of myself. So we can look forward in a few years time to, uh, whether it's Errol Spence or whoever the case may be. See, you've got, this is the thing as well. People need to realize that, uh, am I right in saying you're 23, 24? 
Yes, mate, 23. And you seem to be around forever already. You know, I mean, that's the funny thing. So it's <laughs> adding, it's adding these layers. It's adding these layers. I want to touch a little bit on your amateur before and then just on, I suppose, on, on outside of boxing and stuff. And I'll let yeah. you go then. Uh, the amateur side of things, anyone, am I right in saying as well, you're a fighting family? You've, you've a well-known sister who, who's, uh, who's bruised yeah. a few records over the years and, and has a stunning <laughs> one of her own. Yeah, 100%. Um, my sister Alana, her and Katie Taylor were the first, um, two females to box in Ireland. Um, so, they were always in the same teams, and I think my sister got a silver in the Europeans and a bronze in the Commonwealth. She was at two Commonwealth games, so definitely a fitting family. I always looked up to my sister growing up, and that's why I got into boxing. So to have her, um, you know, push me when I was younger, and then sort of now it's it's my turn. Yeah. Um, it's it's for my family as well. You know, my parents are obviously so proud of both of us. So um, it's class that the way. They've put so much time and money and effort into me being where I am today. So I'm, I'm just glad that um, I'm doing okay for myself so far. Yeah, no, it is class. And and and, and I have to give a shout out here and props to Lou, Louise Welsh because it was her who gave me the heads up and that I didn't, I don't know if I had heard that before or not or if I knew it, but she says, you know what they're brother and sister? And I was like, uh, of course I had to pretend I did. Yeah, but uh, but no, I have to give Lou her props. She's a, I chat to her a good bit and they're great boxing people as well. Phenomenal people, phenomenal club. But we're yeah, talking and about... my sister... Go ahead. Sorry, my sister's husband as well. He's professional. Um, I think he's like five and zero heavyweight. So you know, like we're all we're always in like a training camp. If it's not him, it's me or my sister. Um, she's like the army captain or the army boxing captain as well. So we're always just constant boxing. Tell me again. Remind me his name. He's um, I can edit. Yes, that's yeah, oh yeah. yes, 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 yes. I actually messaged him a little while ago about that. He was preparing. I think he'd fight. Yeah, he was a serious army champion as well, wasn't he? He had a serious record. Yeah, and he won the ABAs as well at heavyweight. Yeah, so like to do that, you know, you're no mug, and he I, is, he's getting better. I didn't know he was a heavyweight. Mug. I honestly didn't know he was on. He's a big lad, so he's a big unit. He what was it? I think he was a cruiserweight, and then he moved up the heavyweight. Ah, you know, yeah. Uh, he was like he was always ninety say like 97 or whatever and was making 91 but I think just uh, yeah so the heavyweight's just just suiting him more I think now he's a big lad yeah no he's he's clear I, I don't know why I thought I thought he was around middleweight or something but um, no I did th- there you go yeah that's that's gas so I have a little, yeah. have um, but your own record you touched on as well you, you talked a little bit about it you you didn't without boxing senior you did everything else you won six or seven Irish titles you represented in around Europe you went to Bulgaria you went to the Europeans does that stand to you or do you feel then that that the you kind of gave it a, is it okay to mention about you left a little bit early there was a bit of a it yeah, didn't end the way you wanted anyone that's not aware of tell us a little bit about that and and um, it would have been enough for a lot of young fellas to finish them it would have been enough to put them off and sicken them but mm-hmm. I would say. I would say from the outside looking in, it seems to have probably made you just bite down a little bit more and be even more determined to prove everyone and anyone that made the, these things and stop those dreams. Talk to us about that. The people that put things in place to stop you from living that dream probably would have loved to see you pack it up, wouldn't they? Yeah, 100%. So I won seven Irish titles as an amateur and my dream, I always said my dream was to go to the youth Commonwealth Games for Northern Ireland because... I am from Northern Ireland. Like I've represented Ireland, obviously international, and I'm proud. I was proud to box for Ireland and represent the flag. Um, but I knew, like, I would always have a, a great chance of going from Northern Ireland because I was never beat in Northern Ireland. Um, I was like the current Ulster Intermediate Champion and stuff. I was, um, I had the most Irish titles on the team getting selected and 
with their like tests up in like the Ulster boxing, the like the Senna you call it. And like I, I aced all the tests and John Collin was the, the, the team coach and he put my name forward only to be found out that you know, when it came to a vote and nobody voted for me. So there was politics in it and uh, someone else got the go. Um, but the club that, that that they were with, who got picked, uh, they were like the president as well. So there was definitely, you know, there was politics going on anyway. And that was, I just, I didn't believe it at the time. I was like, you know, surely not. And I was, I knew Mickey with Mickey Hawkins in my corner. I was like, we'll fight this. Surely I'll get a box off at least because there was box offs in the Ulsters and stuff for the last Commonwealth. So it was like, you know, surely I'll get a box off anyway. But it just, time was going and going and it just, I looked more like I wasn't getting a go. And, and then there was a camp, a training camp sent out for the Ulster boxing. And it was, I was on that as well with the, the Commonwealth team, the, the youth Commonwealth team, because it says it wasn't finalized yet. So I was over in Russia and still on training camp. And then like, it was like two weeks out and it was just like, you know, it, it doesn't look like it, it's, it's going to happen here. And I was truly devastated. I was like, you know, I could work, work my balls off all year when it, when whatever and still not get picked. It was, it was disheartening. So it was, especially for my father as well, because, you know, like we were going down to Dublin all the time and mm. he's taking time off work and everything. And, and it was just, yeah, it was, it was just disheartening. And then, um, the, the Ulster boxing or Antrim, sorry, Antrim boxing says, that I want to go to a multi nations tournament um, with Thanks. Kevin Ferguson Thanks, and Connor guys. Quinn, and then yeah, so I went went over there while the games were happening, and and I got it was the, I think it's the quickest knockout in Irish boxing, Irish amateur boxing. Uh, it was like thirteen seconds. Yeah, or something. twelve. I thought twelve seconds. Yeah, but the, and the, yeah. The, for people that aren't aware, we're talking about a kid here, a fella at that level who before he even got to senior level something 97 amateur fights with 90 wins and it was it was I won't say it was automatic it, if it was been done right it was an automatic selection and um let's just say there's something about there's a there's a terrible tendency at amateur level and and, and I won't say just in mm. Ireland but in in amateur boxing in general of just getting a doing things wrong and, and punching an own goal and mm-hmm. it would have been enough Lewis I would have said for a lot of lads to said you know what I'm done with this I broke my heart it was the, it was the pinnacle it was the highlight but it didn't did it it, it only it's only pushed John it only drove me more mate you know and I think I made a statement with them two knockouts while the games were happening and I remember writing a status and I was like no matter no matter what tournament I was at today I was always getting the gold medal because I truly believe that I would have got the gold in, in the Commonwealth Games or the East Commonwealth Games. But it only drove me more, you know. I, I always knew long term was I was going to be professional anyway. So everything worked out and it's, it's worked out so far. So it was truly disheartening. But I mean, I took it in the chin and I came back. And that's the type of thing, not saying like when adversity hits, because it's look, people would be forgiven for looking at saying, oh, look, what's he, what, what adversity? He's winning, he's knocking out, he's got it all. People don't mm-hmm. see the days where not everything goes smooth according to plan, and 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 those big nights you have to have the adversities for for those big nights to be the success that they are. So they're the type of things in your armory that in case every anyone thinks that oh he hasn't suffered, hasn't it, it's it's beyond words when things like that. And I've seen the effect of it on on people. I've seen and and it never leaves. I could hear it in your voice there, even just to to, to take a gulp or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not nice and it's not right, but. It wasn't. It it won't be. It won't be the. Um, it won't be defining you in any way, shape, or form. It. No, definitely not. And even touching back on that, I think like the whole uh, criteria is changed. And like for people getting like kids getting picked, 
I think like box office and stuff now. So I think there's more there's more light on it for it not to happen again. Which I'm happy with that. You know, I would hate some other kid to, to go through what I went through because like I was 18 at the time and like I was like my mates were working and stuff and I had to take time like off work for training just to make sure I was in good good condition to go to them games. So I was missing out money and I missed out on a lot of things. I would say so. I'm just glad that I know it won't happen. I'm hoping it won't happen to any kid in the future. Yeah, no, it's um in in more similar more ways than one yourself and Mick Conlon. Mick was on a, on a le- on a world level, I suppose, with the Olympics uh, and stuff. And I mean that was, but it's no less it's no less devastating for the fighter in question. I guess what his was the Olympics at the very peak level, mm-hmm. but it, and yours was. I mean the Commonwealth Games is it's it's a step back, but it's it's still it's the culmination mm-hmm. of a lifetime's work to that stage, and it's not right. You know, I mean it's not, and uh, it's a credit to you and to your family and to the people around you that you managed to just take it in your stride and and bounce back, and now you're. You're, you're, um, you've got your first of money belts around your waist. I let you go before, before I let you go. Um, the image, you've got it all. You've got the, you, the tattoos. You, you're into the, um, the basketball, I believe. You, yeah. you love to watch. <laughs> you could easily sit at home and you could go to Crompton or anywhere the likes of, uh, what does Lewis Crocker do when he's not boxing or when he's not watching boxing? What do you like to watch or what do you like to do? Is there, is there football or, or what else is it? Uh, UFC. I love UFC and, and the NBA. I made them big basketball fan. Big Golden State Warriors fan, so um, yeah, I mean, it just I'm actually really chill outside of boxing. Um, I, lo- I love I love the MMA on UFC. Who who do you see? Who are you watching in the UFC these days? Who's my guy? I like Alessanya. I think Alessanya's class. You know, the whole this whole striking game is just ridiculous, and it and like the, the, people always say, you know, like a good grappler will always be a good striker. So hmm. I'm 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 enjoying seeing him. Like destroyed the division, the middleweight division, and then moving up here to the two hundred five for the the light heavyweight belt. So looking forward to watching that. And then Khabib's another one, uh, <sighs> animal, unbelievable. so good, unbelievable. Uh, mate, watching what he does, you know, because like I get it from like the aspect of like, and I know how, like what it takes, like training ways and stuff, and to see his technique and just just break break people's souls, like you know, doing what he's doing and. And there's so much like going on in that in that cage that people people don't even see. People just think he's just holding on, and but like it's it's crazy. So so much respect for for MMA and and uh, them sort of boys. Yeah, there really is. I mean, I mean, for him to come across the cage and and meet Gaethje square on and just actually stand with him, and everybody said mm-hmm. he wouldn't do it, and he drove like and and as well, you're 100 percent right. When it gets really technical, I had Sinead Cavan. Sinead Cavan is my guest on this week's episode. So I mean, mm-hmm. she she made the transition from. <laughs> from boxing and she puts it in in, in the best Dublin English uh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on <laughs> she walked into SPG but I mean that girl can bang as well and she's a fight or two away from um, she's a fight or two away from Cyborg who has now blocked her on Twitter mm. and You've got Liam McCourt. You've got you've got um you've got some phenomenal talent in Belfast as well. It's all going on. Was is it something you were ever tempted to t- try, or is it just you prefer to stay on your feet? We'll try without a doubt, mate. Um, it, it, it's something that I definitely will will try. Um, it's just find the time because I'm at the stage now with yeah. with boxing, you know, and there is big fights. But you know, like in the next few years, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised at all if if it was fighting MMA professionally, but. Obviously, I would have to put everything into the MMA. Um, but so far, I'll just stick to the boxing. Yeah, but I'm still young, so 
<laughs> you still are, you, you've still got a few years. When, pl- pl- get yeah, all man. the boxing dreams done first. And when you talk about <laughs> basketball and stuff, Golden State Warriors, you into the NFL at all, or do you watch the likes of Brady or the likes? Of, there's some stories been unfolded, isn't there? Really over lockdown. Yeah, mate. Um, I'm touch and go with the NFL because it's on so late. You know. Yeah. Right, right now, and I, I've trained again, but I, I was watching the, I was deep in the NBA when um, the playoffs were on there. Um, unfortunately, Golden State sucked this year, like so they weren't there. But it, it was good. I, uh, basketball will probably be my, my biggest sport watching, uh, and then MMA. But yeah, NFL. I, I love NFL. I think it's, I think it's class. Um, bit, bit slow pace as well, but um, I would like to get settled down on a team and you know really stick with them throughout the season, but. I'll see what happens, man. I'm the same as that. I threatened a lot of times to watch. Um, I loved watching the Seahawks and I loved watching, but I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. by, I'm more fascinated by Brady's story. You know what I mean? It's a bit like mm-hmm. watching that documentary with Jordan and the Bulls. It's like how they, it's, it's, so, it's, 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 it's how that one elite athlete can pull the whole lot together. I mean, what, look what he's done mm-hmm. with the books, the Tampa Bay and, and, and it's it hard to believe the story, you know, fifth, sixth choice and, and Jordan. That's great, yeah. Jordan the same um, in boxing parallels would you say right now on the world level who, who is it that's moving the needle for you who's the one that you, you'll stop and watch when, whenever he's fighting or wherever oh Terence Crawford without a doubt yeah <laughs> like, when I'm when I'm watching Terence Crawford I'm like like how how would I beat that guy and it's like a Rubik's Cube mate. it's like he can box southpaw orthodox inside outside He's got power in both hands his feet works and he's a bad man he, as well oh, he is a <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he brought the dogs out on Saturday night and everybody I, I was talking to a fellow here who was trying to do a little bit of a collab with me and he said mate I'm telling you Kelbrook I said don't talk to me about Kelbrook Kelbrook <laughs> four years ago after Sean Porter still wouldn't have lived this is a different level you're talking about here he's a bad Thank man you. as well Lewis it's been an absolute joy as I said it's been one I've looked forward to I love the mystique around you before the fight and then the real personality comes out after the fight it's um there's a special future ahead for you for the team for the, for the stable it's been a pleasure to chat with you I, I look forward to keeping in touch and anything I can do in the future you know where I'm at yes mate thanks very much gentlemen. thanks for having me on it is a pleasure it is a pleasure and uh, look forward to watching him grow and develop even more another Christmas episode you're going to hear in the next couple of days will be Connor Quinn who of course has joined Lewis Potty in D and the likes in the stable going to just about wrap this episode up but before I do I was doing a little bit of thinking last night and looking around there's loads of football fixtures coming up and generally it's been boxing that's been leading the way there's been a, 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 a deluge of fights and cards over the last few weeks and months and that's I suppose the highlight and it's what's kept me personally going and I'm sure you if you're listening to this the same but I got a little bit thinking how come what fights has there been over Christmas time over the years and throughout history and I've picked just three or four that jump out at me four fighters who it's safe to say shaped boxing that we see now today the first one was probably the biggest festive fight in history it was Jack Johnson becoming the world's first black heavyweight champion on boxing day in 1908 he did as he pleased with Canadian his a Canadian opponent and eventually forced a seven round finish in Sydney it was, it was such a bad beating and such a hard beating that the opponent for Johnson that day stayed in, in Australia I think for another six or seven months so it was the beginning of Johnson's seven year reign and some would say a reign of terror on that heavyweight division and what a fella he was what a fighter he was Jack Johnson had 73 fights 13 losses 10 drawn fights incredible 96 career fights what about that you know you're looking at that in perspective finished a few years later then 
on Christmas Day in 1923, Harry Greb, another legendary name, fixed to defend his world middleweight title against Tommy Lochran. But Lochran, I think, had a little bit too much turkey over the Christmas period. He came in way over the limit by eight pounds, making it a non-title fight where he took a bit of a beating. And when you look at Harry Greb's career record, 261 wins, 17 losses and 19 draws in a career total of 299 fights. Like, just where where do you go from there? Incredible. And and the last pro fight on Christmas Day, I believe, was in Frankfurt of Germany, 1950. And it was the legendary, the man who everybody styles themselves a little bit on, of course, Sugar Ray Robinson. He faced hand streets and punched the shite out of him. He barely had two, probably two months later, Sugar Ray beat the great Jake LaMotta in their famous Valentine's Day massacre. What was his record? 173 wins, 19 losses, and 6 drawn fights. 109 knockouts, I believe, in those 173. What, what, like... And one, one I mustn't forget, I mustn't forget, 1933, Christmas Day, to forget for Kid Chocolate, who was, of course, coming to the end of, of his of his fantastic career as well. He was stopped by Frankie Click. And his career, 135 wins, 10 losses, 1 defeat. They're the names that... Everybody should be measured against the career, the style, the way they carried themselves, the way they represented the sport, the foundation stone for this amazing game. That's about it from me and them until then. I want to thank you for your support throughout the year that has been a test to you, me and everybody else, but a test that we've all come through, as I said, together. You're going to hear plenty from over the Christmas period. I'm going to go now, I'm going to open a couple of cold ones, I'll put the feet up and I'm going to watch Elf. So we're every hour of this Christmas. Whatever you're doing tonight, if you're in the cab of your lorry, if you're on the floor in an airport, if you're sitting at home with the feet up, be there in mind and spirit. It's a very special time of the year. It's an important time of the year for reflection. And I can wish you and yours nothing but the very, very best, the most peaceful, happiest, smiley Christmas possible. Stay healthy. Keep smiling. All's well that ends well.